Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer of the Union Tribune. There's Ryan Finley, sports editor for the Union Tribune. I almost said Ryan Nelson because that's who the Padres face tonight. Uh, Padres uh, Diamondbacks for three. It is the biggest series of the season again, but really it is like like here. Here's the great part, Ryan. We are so far into the season. There is so little time left that like it's for like there's no more. Oh well, the next series. Oh, it, it it's still time and 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 that sort of thing that's been hanging over the Padres and all that. No, there is no more time. No, there's no more tomorrows here. And, you know, the Padres played the Diamondbacks seven times between now and the end of next week. Um, It's a chance, Kevin, to leapfrog a team that, frankly, has been kicking their butts in the standings up until about July 1st. Um, Mm -hmm. The the Diamondbacks, and let's start there, I think. You know, the Diamondbacks, to me, were the story of baseball up until the All-Star break. Corbin Carroll was emerging as a real star. They were toe-to-toe with the Dodgers. I mean, just surprising every potential outlook for their season. And then July 1st, everything fell apart. And this is a team that is now below 500. This is a team that is now, uh, while still in the playoff race, not looking very good day to day. And the Padres have a chance to, by playing them seven times between now and the end of next week, essentially leapfrog a team that that was much better than them for most of the season so far. That's one of their problems is the Diamondbacks, and so they can take care of that. That's nice. It's too bad they don't, you know, also play. They play the Phillies three times. They play the Giants seven times. They play the Marlins three times. It's too bad they don't play the Cubs again and, uh, you know, uh, the the Reds again, uh, especially since they do not have the tiebreaker against the Reds and the Cubs. Uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself because what has to happen is the Padres actually have to win games. Or like, (laughs) um, I know that everyone lost their minds over Juan Soto's quotes. We'll go over those. To me, the quote that that, that said everything about the season, you know, if one quote can say everything, which it can't, but was Xander Bogart saying it lined up, and I forget what he said. Was it, it lined up perfectly or it lined up really well for us? And he was talking about facing a kid making his major league debut. Uh, They've got you, Darvish, on the mound, you know, and it was that, all year, things have lined up really well. All year, it's been like, oh, well, this is when the Padres will do it because of these scenarios. Well, they haven't, and that's what he was talking about, and that's been a huge problem. They got, they've got, they gotten within one game of 500 and fallen, blah, blah. Um, the Diamondbacks, I, look, I don't know my butt from a hole in the ground. I failed that, I failed that course. Um, but I, like I said, I, I think we thought they were going to be good and then fall off in June or maybe May or be just good enough to be pesky to teams. They, as you said, they kind of defied that and went further, but now they have the worst offense and the second worst ERA in the major since July 2nd. Uh, They are the Diamondbacks again with, now here's the thing about the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks have Zach Gallen. The Diamondbacks have Corbin Carroll. There, you know, there are dangerous players on the Diamondbacks. We'll go over the pitching matchups later, uh, and and kind of what that means. You do have Blake Snell, Diamondback Slayer, 084 ERA and seven starts against them on the mound tonight. But let's get into Ryan. Where would you like to of all the the issues, the drama, whatever? Where would you like to start? I'd like to start with Juan Soto, um, only because I think that's front of mind today. Uh, he said something uh, following their loss Wednesday. Uh, Kevin, do you have that in front of you? Um, or, or, I don't. or some, or so, or here, I, I can yeah. find it. Be, only because I want to be very precise uh, 
Yeah. When we say what we say. Yeah, um, yeah, please. He, yeah, here's what he said. We got to do it every day. Days like this series, we just give up. Like, literally, we just give up instead of keep grinding, keep pushing. Now, Kevin, we have couched quotes like this in the past. I can barely speak my native language well. And Juan Soto is somebody who has learned English, and it is his second language. And so I think that sometimes you have to couch some of these things by understanding that there may be a slight language barrier. But what he said there was pretty friggin' clear to me, which is they have guys who quit. Uh, unless I'm reading it wrong. What do you think? All right, so I want to give the context for this. And you're correct, what you just said. And we've talked about it before. Uh, and I am very, I, I don't care if you're a native speaker. I try to make sure at all times, like if there's a word that that guides me, it's context, okay? Um, and, and so, but especially with someone like Juan, who has made the brave decision to speak to reporters in his native or in, in his second language. I will assure you that, and I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about them because it's, it's, uh, it's nerve wracking uh, to, to try to speak your second language in front of other people. Uh, and, and then especially when it's being recorded, uh, you're on video, but there are guys in that clubhouse that speak far better English than Juan Soto who use an interpreter. Okay. So kudos to Juan Soto. He first said, talked about how they need to grind when the question was asked to him of what needs to change or what, you know, what needs to get better. They need to grind every at bat, blah, blah. So in that he has said many things like that before. And because I wanted to make sure that I understood and that I was going to put that quote in context, I asked him to clarify. And is he saying that they're not doing that? And that is when the quote you read was said. Okay. So to me, that context is like important. So, you know, he is not being taken out of context. He is the one who sort of um, doubled down on that. Is he saying guys quit? I would guarantee you that if I were to ask him point blank, were you saying guys quit? He would say no. Right. But he was saying guys quit. I mean, that's just and and and. Here's what's significant about that. And I know that you're sensitive about this too. You, you've been a beat writer in the past. You've been out there in, in the trenches. Um, and, and you know that it is the case that oftentimes what something looks like is not what it is. Whatever the sport is, um, maybe basketball, you can see it a little bit better. But a lot of the nuances of, say, the two sports that I've covered extensively uh, as a beat writer, the NFL, baseball, when you're getting your butt kicked, it looks like you're not trying sometimes. Right. Okay. Unless, you know, like by butt kicked, I don't mean like if you lose uh, 14 to 13, well, you probably, you know, people are excited. Oh, you had a great game. Um, but, you know, you lose six to one or you go as the Padres often do six innings without scoring. Um, th th it looks like you're, you're flat or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, turns out that a lot of times that is what Bob Melvin has said. Juan Soto has said. Jake Cronenworth has said, others have said. So we have no choice but to say, wow, okay, I guess that is true. And what the heck? How many team meetings do they need to have, Kevin? How many players-only meetings do they need to have? And it, uh, Kevin, if, if, if going along this journey with you this season has taught me anything, it's that uh, there are much more, uh, many more uh, players-only meetings than I thought there were in baseball. And uh, so far, they don't really seem to do much. Uh, I mean, this was a, a closed clubhouse for what about 20 minutes after the game Wednesday? It was a long one. It was a long one. Uh -huh. Yeah. Who 
Who in those cases, I know you probably don't have specifics from Wednesday, but who in those cases do you expect to be the ones leading those meetings? Manny Machado, um, generally, and, you know, Joe Musgrove, generally. uh, But the way it's gone this year, and, you know, Wednesday didn't really. It was a getaway day. There was off day yesterday. I don't have specifics from Wednesday. The way this one came down, I don't know. But the way that some others have gone is, other players are given a chance to speak, you know, and that people speak up and whether that was one that, you know, maybe Bob Melvin suggested to them or that was called by a player. This one appears to have been players. Okay. Um, And, and that maybe there were even some other people that were like caught by surprise by it that didn't know what was happening. So um, yeah, they, and, and again, the theme was we didn't play. There was these at bats that were bad, this is indicative of how we've been. We're better than this. And that's the theme. And you're right. And I am going to be about the last guy who's going to make fun or roll my eyes or be cynical about these things. Because first off, folks, like the best beat writer in the world only knows 30% of what's going on behind the scenes. Okay. That's just a fact. Okay. 30% is a lot. All right. There's a lot that goes on. Think about that. What goes on in your family. Well, a baseball team is like, a gigantic family. There's a lot going on. Okay. Um, and the second thing is, so, so what my point is like, we don't know, like it is possible a Padres team has had more meetings in the past um, or that winning teams or teams that are disappointing, whatever. I don't think the 2018 Padres had much cause to have a bunch of team meetings because they were the 2018 Padres. But like, so I, I'm, I give them a lot of grace on these. But it ha- it has reached the point where it's like kind of eye rolling time. Like, I don't blame you for having another meeting because you got to. I mean, you guys are, are playing horribly. But it's like, how about you take that and you put it into practice? Right, right. I, if there's a silver lining, Kevin, in all this, it's that. Uh, the rest of the National League seems to be waiting for the Padres to make their run. Uh, nobody's running away with this. And, and and that's why it's so funny. You know, if they had just played slightly, had they won two more games, um, one against the Dodgers and one against Seattle, we'd be singing a different tune today, I think. We'd be talking about how they're now right in the thick of it. As it stands right now, they're, what, four and a half games back in the final wildcard spot. Yep. Uh, playing a Diamondbacks team seven times in the next week plus that uh, can't seem to fall out of bed correctly. I mean, they're, they've been bad um, for all the complaining that people are doing. And for all the bad baseball we've had to watch, they're still right there. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Uh, I, I wrote about it in the Padres daily on Monday night because it was, I believe the second time in three days, maybe it was the second and four where they lost and didn't gain ground because of the shuffling above them. You know, the Reds winning, the Marlins winning, you know, going back and forth. The Cubs were up there. Like, they lost and didn't lose in the standings. And it's like, just take advantage, just win some games and you will be there. Um, and, and so now they lost, look, they lost the other night. I think it, they lost one half game losing twice in Seattle. Right. right. <laughs> like <Crazy>. what? Because <laughs> that's the Marlins and Reds were playing each other. The Cubs lost. So that said, and this is how we opened. Do the math, and if the uh, the Marlins, who are the team that hold the 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 final spot right now, mm-hmm. if they just go like one game over five hundred, or maybe it's two games over five hundred, twenty four and twenty two the rest of the way, 
The Padres, I believe, have to go 30 and 17. Right. They haven't come close to doing that over a 47 game stretch. Right. So that's where you're at. It's like you're not that far back. You're right there. Or at least you're you're right there to close to being right there. That's kind of significant. So then the the Marlins have to be middling, or the Cubs who are right behind them, who by the way hold the tiebreaker over the Padre over the um, Padres, the Reds right there, they hold the tiebreaker over the Padres. So the Padres basically still have to win two out of three and hope that none of those teams in front of them get hot. That's the problem. That's that's sort of what makes it daunting. And if you look historically, in 2021, the, the Braves were further back, like eight games. The, uh, the Cardinals were like eight games or whatever back at this point in the season. But then you have to go back to 2011 to find a team that was more than four games back with 47 to play that made the playoffs. To me, the daunting thing, Kevin, isn't just that they need to win – 60% of their games going forward. It's who's on their schedule. The next month, okay, starting tonight, they play the Diamondbacks, Orioles, Diamondbacks, Marlins, Brewers, Cardinals who are crappy, Giants, Phillies, Astros, and Dodgers. Uh-huh. I, th- that's that's a uh, – I mean, there's a lot of ground to make up there. You're playing the teams that are ahead of you in the in the standings. And then you got to hope to take, you know, on average, 60% of those games, knowing darn well the way that they've played against the Dodgers, knowing darn well the fact that the Astros are one of the best teams in baseball. I mean, this is going to be, they need to start playing better today because that's a huge month coming up. They need to get on a roll because who knows what happens when you get on a roll, right? Right. Like, like yes, the people that are screaming right now, what would make you think they can get on a roll or they can be a different team after 116 games? Look, if you had to bet, you're going to say those people are probably going to end up being, quote unquote, proved right. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. The Padres, like I just gave you the history, like two teams in the past, you know, 10 full MLB seasons have come from further than four games behind to make the playoffs with 47 games remaining. That just it just doesn't happen. OK, so you guys are probably right. That said, there's, you know, uh, guys in there, Manny Machado, Xander Bogart, saying that if there's any team that can do it, it's this team. There is also thought that that is not too many teams have been this disappointing. We can all agree on that, right? Mm -hmm. What does disappointment mean? Well, it means that you thought the players they had were better and the players that they had have historically been better. So you're telling me it's impossible that like the Padres, this Padres team could get hot? Come on. Right. That's, that's, that, there's still good players on this team. Sure. Maybe, and this is it. I wrote about this. I wrote about this when they were going good. It was like a couple of weeks ago. I almost apologized for it. I think here um, where I said, you know, they were going good. And I wrote about how they had issues they needed to address about uh, not being like motivated from the start about having to have their backs against the wall. That's a real issue. That is something that needs to be addressed with this team. The leadership inside of that clubhouse, that has to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But maybe they get on a roll here against the Diamondbacks. Then they get a fourth win against the Orioles. And suddenly it's like, hey, yeah, that's right. This is who we are. That could happen. Again, if we're having to bet, probably not. This is who they are, right? But you're telling me that this isn't still one of the most talented teams in the majors, then I would argue with you there. 
Right. I, I still think it's must see TV every night, even if you're watching it and, and pulling your hair out, wondering how they can't <laughs> seem to get a hit with runners in scoring position or how the more obscure the pitcher, the better he seems to do against them. Um, uh, let's get into pitching and, and yeah. into, I mean, the, kind of the nuts and bolts of the series. You know, four games set or three games set. I'm sorry that they'll play four in San Diego. Uh, three game set starts tonight. Kevin, what are we looking at pitching wise? Like I said, uh, Blake Snell, 084 ERA and seven career starts. I watched him once get pulled after seven no hit innings here because he was at 120 pitches, uh, as he's prone to do through a lot. But uh, that was in 2021. He's very good this year, very good against the Diamondbacks. He's facing Ryan Nelson. If you'll remember, Ryan Nelson. In his major league debut last season, September 5th, through seven shutout innings, I believe it was two hits in San Diego against the Padres. It was 10 days later that, gosh darn it, who was the other kid? Young kid making his Gilbert. debut. Gilbert. 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 Was that not? Was no, Gilbert, Gilbert was the guy who no hit him in 2021. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Taylor Gilbert or something? Yeah. Something one of the strangest no hitters ever. But there was another rookie that came out on September 14th of last year and it was here in Arizona and he did well against them. And that's the one that caused Bob Melvin to blow up. Mm-hmm. And that's when the Padres started to play better last year. Um, the next time they faced Ryan Nelson was a few nights later and they did really well against him. As a matter of fact, the Diamondbacks have lost all three of Ryan Nelson's starts since that magnificent debut. So, you know, again, here we go. Xander, Things are lining up. You got Blake Snell on the mound. You got a pitcher that you've handled pretty well on the mound. You know, you got a reeling team. Wow, really lining up well for the Padres. No idea what to expect. Tomorrow, Rich Hill against Zach Gallon. On Sunday, Seth Lugo against Brandon. And I really meant to look this up. Fat? I believe it's yes. P-F-A-A-E-T. Yes, yes. So, uh, yes. By the way, Kevin, quick aside, you know you're getting old when there are grown men named after Ryan Sandberg in the big leagues. Yep, yep, yep. Just saying. Um, yeah, this is a Diamondbacks team, Kevin, and I, I don't expect you to s- stay up late watching extra innings um, when you get back from Pottery Games, but this is a Diamondbacks team that has two or three pieces that are really good, uh, starting with Corbin Carroll, uh, somebody who's on his way to being uh, the National League Rookie of the Year, 30-something stolen bases. Um, I think what home really exciting. Team, Really exciting player. Uh, you, you referred to them earlier as pests or as pesky. Uh, what does this Diamondbacks team do that, that might drive uh, the Padres crazy or Padre fans crazy this week? Well, Blake Snell's going to have to watch out for it. Um, I honestly am not familiar with uh, Rich Hill and his you know pickoff movie as a lefty. Uh, I don't. I think he's pretty savvy, but uh, you know they they steal some bases. They uh, have some good hitters that you know can do damage. And of course, we've seen them a lot, right? Like, so I'm you know more familiar with like, oh yeah, this guy does well here. But like, Padres actually, while there have been some embarrassing games, um, have handled them pretty well from since uh, 2020. So, um, but there've also been what the only game I believe the Diamondbacks won in. The series here in April, that was the uh, Tatis debut series. Uh, They scored like six runs in an inning. Uh, Certainly we've seen that before uh, from them. They're just like, um, I don't know, from the outside, right? Like I would be like, man, Tori Lavolo, he's really got, you know, some, he, he, you know, he's got something uh, because that's what I see in this team. But I don't know if that's the case or not. He's 
you know, than what on a one-year contract every year for be interesting to see this year. Like from the outside, you'd think like, Oh, the diamondbacks really collapsed. No, they just became who we thought they were. Right. But it'll be, it'll be interesting how long they stick with Tory uh, here. Well, it's so funny if the Padre and the Padres are hoping to become who we thought they were. Right. I mean, to me, right. that's what makes this series so interesting is that the diamondbacks were sort of reverting to the mean and the Padres are hoping like heck they can revert to the mean. Right. This is a sport where you expect that. Right. And that's a big part of why this would be such a major disappointment. Yes. I mean, it's it's like the most unpredictable sport on a day-to-day basis. But it is among the more predictable sports over the course of a season. It's why you play 162. Absolutely. It's what makes baseball – I mean, I think it's what makes baseball so so great. It's the best sport. Uh, There are some – and I think, Kevin, this is where we'll leave it today. Uh, our Bryce Miller had a column that ran in today's UT yeah. uh, questioning the heart of this team. Um, I'm not there. I'm I'm not there. You are. I watch on TV. I hear what these people say after games. Um, is this team lacking heart, do you think, or is it something else? Here's what I'll say. First off, very good column by Bryce. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to say that I agree with it, but a good column is one that takes a stand and and mm-hmm. and provokes people. And Bryce did an excellent job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I will say is, and this is troubling, mm-hmm. it's possible. Okay, that's troubling. That should never ever be something that is possible. Right. And the fact that it's possible, in fact, the fact that it looks like it, and that people are people from inside are at least hinting at it mm-hmm. means there are questions that have to be asked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm absolutely of the belief that uh, one of the manager's jobs is to make sure that his team performs. There might just be some players that can't be reached. Uh, and, and, and if Bob Melvin is sacrificed and they eat his, you know, $4 million salary, Mm-hmm. next year because they feel like, Hey, he's not getting it done with this group. I will still maintain that the question has to be asked, is this on the players? Mm-hmm. Because you just fired Jace Tingler. Now I'm not speaking to the validity of firing Jace Tingler or of firing Andy green, but man, you fired one after 19, you fired one after 21, you fired one after 23. Hmm. So it was all three of those guys fault but not any of the players that are here fault. We know this is how it goes. You don't fire players, not right. today, not with guaranteed contracts and not, but I'm just saying like, that's my roundabout way to say that you do have to ask the question of what are you going to do about this? If it's true. If there are some guys who quit on at bats, Kevin, or who, and by the way, there are players all around the major leagues. It's why Juan Soto stands out. Mm-hmm. Why Hassan Kim stands out. In the ninth inning of a five-run game with two outs, those guys are going after every pitch, and they're engaged. So it's Mm -hmm. not just a Padres issue, okay? Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make sure I said that. It's a long-ass season, and guys give up on it, bats, okay? But Mm -hmm. I think what we're talking about here is if it's it's endemic to this team at times. Go ahead. Sorry. I think certain teams, Kevin Towers used to talk about building a team of gritty guys. Right. Is grit another way to say heart? And on this team, who to you qualifies as a gritty player? <laughs> well, Hassan Kim. Okay. Okay. 
Jake Cronenworth. Okay. I, people might, yeah, it's, there's also a different kind of grit. Cause I was going to say Trent Grisham, but he's a, he's a 2020s kind of gritty. Okay. Okay. Look, people have changed. I got into a back and forth or it's not a back and forth yet. He forced me. I backed him. We'll see what he has to say to me. Gentlemen upset about quality starts. And that's one that gets on people's nerves because six innings pitched, three earned runs is a 4.50 ERA. It's 2023. People are not throwing 350 innings anymore, folks. It's quality. Didn't say it was an excellent start. My point is the game has changed. People have changed. Players have changed. Have you noticed service in restaurants has changed? Have you noticed, you know, like grit? I don't know, Ryan. I, I don't know. You need a certain amount of grit, but like, it's so hard to define and and how much of it do you need and how much of it how much talent is do you need like you know isn't that the most important yeah, thing give me players yeah yeah i want like, players like yeah. now joe musgrove's gritty he only pitches every 5 days um is josh hader gritty well i don't know but he throws 98 miles an hour and you know he's really good when he goes in the game i i it's such an easy thing for us to throw out there. And I do think it's an issue with this team, but I don't know how super important it is because like, did they have more grit last year? They went to the national league championship series. They responded when their backs were against the wall. Like, you know, what, what is it? So it's a great question. My answer demonstrates um, that I don't know that there's a like cohesive explanation that says oh aha this is the problem mm. as i wrote a couple of weeks ago there's an issue with this team about like actually getting it together and playing with the proper amount of urgency from the start of the season so a little too laissez-faire of like oh don't worry it's 162 game season well you know what else they say you can't win the division in april but you can lose it right Right. I, I think, Kevin, that this is a team that lacks fight. Okay. I don't know if okay. fight and heart are synonyms. Um, they're, I, related, I, they're first cousins, maybe. They're first cousins. I think this is a team that lacks some fight. I, I think that you can define heart in 2023, too, as durability. And, you know, okay. they've got a couple guys in Manny Machado and Juan Soto who play every dang day. That is in a uh, – what's the old line, right? Availability is an ability, right? That's an ability. And um, and let me ask you this: Like, if sometimes you have to accept that that's who that guy is. Let's right. just take Manny Machado. I'm gonna put, go put out there based on a couple things I've seen that if Manny Machado was Mister Hustle, he wouldn't play 155 games a year. He wouldn't do it year after year. Right? He couldn't. Okay. Right. Now, are there some things that he could do better or different? Okay, fine. But that's who he is. I, 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 I'm gonna tell a story. Uh, and and it's been – I'm not going to name the player. I covered a player once who everyone virtually in the 90s was kind of down on, that if he took better care of his body, if he didn't carouse as much, he'd be a better player. The guy was a really good player, a, a borderline Hall of Fame type over a period of years. And I'll tell you this, that when this team that I covered collapsed in September, he was the only guy still hitting. Mm -hmm. And there were plenty of times I was a younger man that I saw this player out at bars mm -hmm. till late at night. And the next night hit two, and the next day hit two bombs. Mm -hmm. 
if he were different, if he were more serious, if he was more focused, would he have hit 308? <laughs> would he have hit 350? But that, like, not every player is Hassan Kim. Mm -hmm. And not if they were or tried to be, then they wouldn't be as good as they are. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't just excuse everybody for what they do, right? Mm -hmm. But like you, you, you sometimes have to accept there that this isn't like the Stepford Padres, right? Like right. It, it, you just not everybody can just be all the same. Um, yes, would love to have. How fun would it be to watch nine Hassan Kims? Right. Yeah. Now they'd all be going after the ball and they'd run into each other all the time, but it would be fun. Everybody'd get hurt all the time because <laughs> everybody's everybody's sliding head first all the time. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think you need that mix, right? I think you need a mix of of grinders and and certainly you need talent. Um, and the Padres have the talent. We'll see if they have the fight. A three game series with the Diamondbacks starting tonight at Chase Field. Kevin, your favorite place in the world to watch a game. Um, Light air, maybe the roof panels will be open. If so, the balls will fly, and maybe that can kickstart a Padres offense that can't seem to get much done. Uh, Let's see here. Where where am I? Okay, it's only ninety nine right now, supposedly. Getting up to you know how the you know how the heat the, it it the it grabs uh, on the ground, right? Like that's yes. the reason that at five p.m. is the hottest uh, of the day. Yes. One oh five. Uh, at game time, 103, 101, okay? Um, I'm thinking since this roof, because they're, they've are they got the Chargers playbook where they just let the ballpark go until they can say, hey, taxpayers, we need a new ballpark. And you can't, unlike in Seattle, Toronto, different places, um, you can only open and close this roof once, and you can't do it while people are, are there because it's too dangerous. Right. Um, so I'm going to say roof closed. Let's see. Hold on. Closed. I just looked it up. You were right. They, they have actually. I guess, you know, in 2023, there is a place you can go just to see if it's closed or not. But I decided to give the long answer. And yeah. This is my, as a longtime Arizona resident, this is my one caveat on Chase Field. I, I don't like watching games at Chase Field, except when the roof is open and the outfield panels are turned sideways, it's fine. It's a, it's now just a middling lower half ballpark. Right. than second worst in the major leagues. And right. I'll even give the Coliseum a nod over it because at least the Coliseum's been around forever and it's it's old and there's history there and it's so unique. And when it's gone, there will there, you know, it's the it's the last of the whole Jack Murphy Riverfront Three Rivers remnant. Uh, I'll even give that the nod over this garbage pail of a airplane mm -hmm. hanger. But hey, it is where Tyler Gilbert threw his no hitter, Kevin. Never forget that. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. For Kevin Acey, I'm Ryan Finley. We'll see you next time.